Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton and today we will be talking about Finding Dory, the BFG, Zootopia, DVD, and Blue Ray release and The Legend of Tarzan. So right now we are speaking with 8-year-old Abigail from LA and 12-year-old Ryan from New York. So uh, let's get right into it. So Zootopia, I saw it. I absolutely loved it. So Abigail, since you actually saw, you know, saw the DVD and some of the special features, can you tell me a little bit of what is on the special features? What is on the special features is some of the parts that they edited out because they didn't think that they wanted those in. And actually, another special feature is that they had to go to Africa to get some ideas for some types of animals and how they drink and how they eat, which I love that they provided. Provided that information? Yeah, it's... um, I saw saw a documentary about Africa not too long ago, and it had hippopotamuses and a bunch of different things that you find in Africa, and it was very interesting to see how how that went along. So, oh, Ryan... and actually about predator and prey, and how their hair is long and short, and all of those stuff. Interesting. So, Ryan, do you think there will be a sequel to this film? And if you think so, what do you think it would be about? Well, I think there could be a sequel... Because it's pretty successful, and they kind of ended off like if they could have a sequel, and it'd probably be about how things have changed, and if there's still issues in the world. Mm-hmm. And Abigail, do you think that there could be a sequel in your view? Oh yes, I think there's going to be a whole sequel. So, Ryan, what do you think about the music? I often find that in animation, since it's so colorful and upbeat and so so very visually appetizing, that the music should kind of be on the same level. And also, Shakira voices Gazelle, so she brings a little bit of her music. So what do you think about the music in this film? Well, I think the music is very catchy because Try Everything by Shakira is very... Like, when I first heard the song, it was very catchy from beginning to end. And I just have to say it was very... Because the music was very catchy, and you got to, like... Like, you wanted to hear more of it. <laughs> and another thing that I really liked about this film was that they had their pop singer that, that we do. Because we have Shakira, obviously, and we have all these other singers that we really look up to and that we really like to listen to. And it's, like, it's very interesting to see that they have papers and they have jobs and they have police and they have criminals and they have Shakira in a sense. So Abigail, does this film keep your attention throughout the film? It really does keep my attention throughout the film with all the special effects and with all the amazing characters and other characteristics and everything. <laughs> yeah. And if you had to I guess, become a character, not necessarily an existing character, but if you had to make your own animal that you would be in this film, what would it be? Oh, yeah. I don't... Well, mm, I love all of them. 
but I think I'd like to be Judy Hopps. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because I, when I grow up, I do want to be an actor and a reporter, and that's my dream to do, be. And I've always dreamed to be that when I was a kid, and I am still when I'm a kid. And Judy Hopps dreamed that when she was a kid, so. Uh, that is adorable. So, Ryan, do you think that you could add or take anything away from this film that would make it better, or is it fine as it is? I feel like the movie is fine how it is. One thing is that one thing that I have to say that I really enjoy about this film was it was also entertaining for adults because it had like a few little like adult things that a little jokes that adults would understand, and that's kind of like perfect for like the entire like family because it's not gonna just bore the parents, and that's what I also like. So I guess the movie was perfect just how it was. I do think that's a great aspect to have it for the entire family, not just for kids. Because when I saw the trailer for this film, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be an animation. And and not not that all animations are for kids, because some of them out there are for the entire family. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's just going to be for kids. And I watched it because I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to see how it is. So I watched it, and I absolutely loved it. And it was interesting to see how, not complex, but how diverse it was in the problems that it showed. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about Finding Dory, the BFG, Zootopia DVD and Blu-ray release, and The Legend of Tarzan. So right now, let's continue speaking with Abigail and Ryan about Zootopia. And we were just talking about how it's, it, you know, it's overall just a really good film that is great for the family and not just for little kids. So Abigail, who... I mean, what is your favorite scene? Oh my gosh, I loved all the scenes. Hmm, I love the scene when Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde are searching for the tram cams and Mrs. Bellwether sitting down and the sly fox, Nick Wilde, realizes she has fluffy hair because she's a sheep and then he like squishes it and he says to Judy so soft and also I love another scene when the sloths are really slow at the DMV oh my gosh that was hilarious like I loved when the camera got right to when they ripped off a paper and like <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of my favorite scenes. And then when Judy came out, it was night. She was like, "What?" <laughs> that's yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes because it I mean, something I didn't like about that scene was it's like it went really slow and I guess which was the purpose of that scene, it's just it went a little bit longer than I would have liked it to, but hey, we're all different. So, Ryan, and my dad says the DMV is like that. That is true. That, that is true. I went to go get my um, learner's permit and doing the test. And they were like, um, if you could just sit down for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, sure. I have nowhere else to be. <laughs> so let's just wait for three hours. But I definitely understand that. So, Ryan, do you think you'll see this movie again? And if so, do you think you'll find that you enjoyed it the same way? I actually not sure. Probably I think probably not, because mm-hmm. I guess since, well, this is really interesting, because, yeah, I don't think so, because I love the movie, but, yeah, this is kind of hard to answer. I think probably, maybe, I'm not sure. I understand it, yeah. Um, and how many stars do you give this film, Ryan? Uh, five out of five stars. 
because it was very amazing. There was nothing really bad to say about this film. Mm-hmm. And Abigail, how many stars do you give this film? I'd give it a 5 out of 5 with amazing animation, characteristics. I love Jennifer Goodwin and Nick Wilde. They just, they just fit the characters really well. Definitely. And I give this film, if I had to review it, I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5 because I really, really liked it. And I thought that some of the parts were a little bit slow, but that's I just wanted to put that out there. And since we are talking about this is an animation... Actually... Every time we wa- people watch it, like I've watched it a couple times, you learn new things about animals. Oh, uh, like what? Like you, you learn you learn how they act, how they drink, how they walk, how they talk, and like how they drive cars and how they live in the wild and all that stuff. <laughs> sure. And uh, Ryan, do you think that since, you know, as something that Abigail says and how they talk, do you think that seeing them and they're talking like actual words and they're making faces and like humans would, do you think that that would, that that blocks you from really understanding the film? Or do you think that them talking is perfectly fine? I think it's perfectly fine just making it seem like, Showing that animals aren't really that different from humans, and that they're kind of they're very similar. That's why I don't really have an issue with them, like the animal speaking. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I've I've I I always thought that they were speaking because it it would be like okay, well, we want to do this movie about animals, but the only way we're going to do this movie about animals is that if they talk. But that's also a great point too that they it shows them that you know we're not that different, even though we can't understand them in real life. They they have lives just like we do. So Abigail, what is the age range for this film? Well, I think for to all ages. I think adults. And all families should watch it. It's fine for old people and adults and babies because there's only one frightening scene. Just it's the jaguar scene mm-hmm. when they shoot the jaguars and they're all like, ah. Yeah, that may be a little bit too intense for younger, younger ages. And really quick, Ryan, what age range do you do you give this film? Do you think it's just a perfectly good family film for everyone? I think more like six to eighteen, and I think adults might like this as well because. As Abigail said, that some scenes, like, there are, like, a few scenes that are a little bit intense for younger viewers. And that's why I just say, like, maybe, like, six or seven and up. Well, good to know. Thank you, Ryan and Abigail, so much for talking with us today all about Zootopia. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, welcome. thank you so much. <laughs> Zootopia is on DVD and Blu-ray, guys, so please check it out. It has a lot of great special features that Abigail mentioned. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Quackers from Shout Factory. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have just finished speaking to Ryan and Abigail about the cute, adorable movie of Zootopia. And right now we are talking about Finding Dory with Harmony, 17-year-old from San Jose. So, Harmony, I thought that this film, I didn't actually see this film, but I thought that seeing this film that it would be for younger audiences. So to get that out of the way, do you think that this film would be great for all ages? Oh, definitely. They have, I feel like there's more adult humor in this one than the last one. Mm -hmm. And they definitely made it for all ages. Yeah, I would not limit it just to kids, that's for sure. Good to know. And it seems like more and more animations and more and more, I guess, per se, without better words, kids' films are being presented for older audiences and to keep everyone kind of entertained. So that is good to know. Mm -hmm. So do you think the writers captured this overall story well? Because I've heard from some people that it was too much of this or too much of that because, as you know, a lot of people scrutinize sequels because it's like, no, it'll never be like the first one. So what did you think about the writing? I thought it was really good considering the amount of time that has passed since the first one and I'm sure they weren't anticipating a sequel. And usually sequels are either exactly like the same, like exactly like the first plot Mm -hmm. or just, you know, terrible, terrible continuation or something. You know, everyone hates on sequels because they're not as good as the first one. But this movie on its own is really good. I wouldn't say it's as good as the first one, but it's definitely a worth see. And I totally think that they did an amazing job writing this sequel. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot as well. Like they put this film up so, so high and it's like, whoa, this was really good and I really liked it. It's no Finding Nemo, but it was very, very good. And that seemed to be what I'm hearing a lot. So what about the speed speeding, not speeding, but speed and pace of this film. I think it was the perfect pace. It jumps into the plot right away. It shows clips from the first one that Finding Nemo lovers would love because you recognize the scenes from the first one. It has flashbacks and it has it's like a puzzle being put together and you go on another journey and you meet a bunch of different characters along the way so I feel like it's really well paced and engaging throughout the entire movie. There's no slow part because you just constantly 
are going from place to place, meeting characters, some more characters along the way. So it's really engaging and perfectly paced, I'd say. Do you think the fact that they're going from place to place very quickly and going back, I guess, in time to finding Nemo and what happened there so that you get a little bit more of that whole film feeling, do you think that will confuse people that haven't seen Finding Nemo? Maybe a bit, because they have, they have like, direct references to the first one like oh we're not going to do that again or they talk about a lot of the stuff that they did in the first one and a lot of characters from the first one help out in the second journey Mm -hmm. so it would be a little confusing but I'm sure you can kind of assume things when they're referring to it so you're not going to be completely lost but I would highly highly recommend seeing the first one because you could be confused with some of the reoccurring uh, characters. Yeah, and and it's kind of hard to believe that someone hasn't seen Finding Nemo. Because, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, but I have to ask because there are some people, like my dad. I mean, my dad's kind of an exception to everything, but my dad has not seen Finding Nemo, and I, I don't think neither has my mom. So I guess I think the older generations may not have seen Finding Nemo, so if they're taking their young child or if they're taking their, their grandchild, like, hey, this is you may be a little bit confused. So, But people in our age range from at least 10 or or younger really 10 to like 25 30 I'm pretty sure all of them have seen Finding Nemo yeah (laughs) so what about the visual effects because going on through the future since present you know through the future we are getting so much better at at visuals and at animation at cinematography and and everything that's coming together so how did you think the visuals worked in this film one of my main concerns was that the animation would look different than the first one and that would kind of ruin it for me you know seeing like this new version of something that was my childhood yeah and kind of ruining it but they did amazing amazing with the animation they kept it consistent after all these years like what 13 years of advances with technology and animation I would I was fearing that they would tweak the animation or details and stuff and then it wouldn't look the same Mm -hmm. but they made it look the same the animation everything it was the same style the camera work was the same style as the first one so it was really really comforting seeing consistency with the same animation style as the first one and I love that so much it resembled the first one amazingly so (laughs) A plus A plus, golden star. (laughs) And I think that is also a comfort thing. I think they they went into it and they were like, I know a lot of people are going to be skeptical about it because it is a second one. And since the first one was really, really good. Mm -hmm. And so to make it not the plot line as much as the first one, but the 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 camera angles and how people talk and how things Mm -hmm. how. So it's it's I think it's a comfort thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, they don't have to go into something that's completely new that is labeled as a second one to this great film that everyone loved so yeah just consistency you know how they move and everything too like Nemo has his fin and all this you know yeah interesting you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network and today we are talking about the BFG Zootopia DVD and Blu-ray release The Legend of Tarzan and now Finding Dory with the amazing Harmony so we were just talking about the camera angles and the visuals and the cinematography how it is similar so much similar if not exact to the first one which is really a consistency thing so what did you think about the characters that you know the new characters that have come in the characters are absolutely lovable i feel like anyone who sees it can a character that they totally attach to and love all together there was a lot of new characters 
And I was kind of scared for that as well. I was like, oh no, now I'm going to have to adapt to a new set of characters that are not from the first one. Like, are they going to make them just as lovable, et cetera? But they did amazing. I loved Hank personally the most, which is the octopus <laughs> that blends in. So I feel like once people see it, they'll know how lovable these characters are, especially Hank. And <laughs> they'll have their own. Yeah, I feel like everyone will have their own personal favorite character because it's just like so, I don't know, like you can attach to a character, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a relatable and it's a, hey, you know, you, I like you, so I'm going to, <laughs> you're my favorite now. Mm-hmm. So how many stars do you give this film? I think I already know, but how many stars do you give this film? I would give it a four and a half out of five stars. And why not that 0.5 star? I mean, we have to, I just remind myself, we are, we have to have some sort of standard to compare it to. And I would give Finding Nemo five stars. And I don't think that Finding Dory kind of reaches the Finding Nemo level, but it's really, really amazing on its own. But for a sequel of that, I wouldn't say it's the same level as the first one. So I would give it a four and a half out of five stars. Totally recommend it. Absolutely flawless. But there, you know, it hasn't reached the as best as it could possibly be out there history, like Finding Nemo. Yeah, and I think they kind of set that for themselves. Yeah. Because if it was, if it was like, okay, we know that we cannot reach that no matter how much we do no matter how much we push we cannot reach that because that's what people have in their minds but if it was completely separate and with different characters and with different with different animals and and completely different but it still had the type of the same storyline and plot i think we would give it five out of five because it's like oh my yeah. gosh it's such a great movie but since it's it's tied Linked to finding nemo yeah, yeah. It's, you're you have expectations already and you kind of have to compare a little bit considering this is a sequel of that so yeah and and since this is a sequel and the first one is the first one <laughs> do you think because f- seeing the first one we were like no there is no second it's right. no and then with this one i feel like a lot of people are like there is no third but do you think people would actually reach and and try to see the third one and and what do you think it would be about if they had to do a third one gosh honestly with how unexpected the second one was i wouldn't be surprised if there is a third one mm-hmm. what it would be about that's a good question who knows Finding Hank, finding Squirt. <laughs> finding Hank. <laughs> but it, it is it is an interesting thing to at least think about because now yeah. that there is a second one, I think a lot of people's heads are turning into the direction of, oh my gosh, what if it does go into a third one? So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that we should think about. And going back to all the way to the beginning of this in- interview, what do you think the age range to this film is? I would definitely say all ages, but to be specific, I guess the age is five and 18 in between those two ages would be optimal because I feel like they would appreciate it the most Mm -hmm. and there's most more likely chance of them seeing the first one as you said how like older generations probably haven't seen the first one I feel like the ages between 5 and 18 would appreciate the second one the best Good to know. Well, Harmony, thank you so much for talking with us today all about the well-anticipated Finding Dory. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're you're always so, like, intellectually, like, here. And I'm like, whoa, this girl is, like, really smart. <laughs> uh, well, Finding Dory is in theaters now, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Quackers from Shout Factory. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have just finished speaking to Harmony about Finding Dory, and we are talking about the BFG and the, les- the, and the legend of Tarzan. So right now we are speaking with the 12-year-old Ryan from New York about BFG. So I saw this film yesterday, and I must say that I really, really liked it. It was so adorable. So Ryan, what did you think? from your initial thoughts how is this film so my initial thoughts were that so when i thought about this film it was pretty great i didn't read the original book so i didn't really know like what to expect so i kind of guess it was about a big friendly giant giant what i thought about the film was it was very like the animations were detailed the story was great and that's what I really thought about the film. That was very great in general. Interesting. I I did not uh, like you. I didn't read the the original book, and I had no idea what to expect. But seeing as a lot of film, I've asked a few friends around here and there, and I'm like, did you read the original? I mean, not the original, but did you uh, read the book? And they were like, no, 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 I didn't read it. And and to actually, this is a remake from 1989. So a lot of people that have seen the remake are like, oh my gosh, is it going to be bigger and better, or is it going to be the same, or is it going to be back? So it's just a little bit of background for this film. So Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you mentioned the visuals and I thought the visuals were absolutely stunning. They were so clear and so beautiful. So can you tell me about what you thought? What I thought about the animations was that the animations like there was like a scene where the giant lives in giant country mm-hmm. and they show like the mountains and the place in general and it looked very realistic. It looked like it was actually like a hidden place in, you know, the United States or whatever the, I think like, yeah, like somewhere in like the, the earth. 
that there was like a secret place. <laughs> secret place in the earth. <laughs> and I, watching this film, I definitely saw a lot of messages and a lot of themes that they really wanted to get out to the public and to the audience. So what did you think some of those messages and themes were? I think a message is don't judge people by how they look. Because I remember Sophie, the main protagonist, when she first sees the giant, she's like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. I'm going to die. Uh, it's like she's like freaking out. And then the giant's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Like he's all of a sudden like friendly. And then they start bond the giant and I mean, BFG and Sophie. And it's quite interesting to see that they start off at a really rough like, oh, I don't like you, and you're going to eat me, <laughs> which is not something that everyone can be like, oh, my gosh, you're going to eat me. But they start off from this really, oh, my gosh, you're going to eat me, <laughs> to this, no, I don't want you to go, and I don't want you to leave me here, and I need to help you. And, and, and I think she helps him as much as he helps her. So it's kind of an exchange in helping. So um, what age range do you give this film? Because seeing as Steven Spielberg, a lot of his films are for the entirety of ages it's like for older people and it's for for younger people and it's for middle-aged people so what did you think about the age range because a lot of people are saying that it's just for younger ages which is different for steven spielberg well i think this film was around like the age range of like six to i guess like 15 or 18 and maybe a few adults because it's kind of like a kid's film it comes an adult film because of the humor like the jokes were funny, and I think, like, adults would understand this. And it was kind of like a kid's film because it was just child-friendly. So it kind of, like, had both. Mm-hmm. And what are you about the... the sorry. What are you about... What, uh, what about the originality in this film? Because it's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It's not anything that is tied to anything else. So this is a freestanding film that is from a book and from a previous film. But how do you think it is... In, in your eyes. The movie? Yeah, the originality content for the okay. movie. For the movie, I would have to say, like, the originality, because I never heard of it, and if people never heard of it, and this film kind of shows it, and then, I guess, people who realize, oh, it was a book, like, they would want to read it and get interested, and people who wouldn't want to read it or something like that, they would they would enjoy this film and it would just be great in general. Yeah, I think especially in this time, there are a lot of remakes and there are a lot of things that we've already seen. But even though this is a remake, not a lot of people have heard about it. And it's very like hush-hush. And so now that it's kind of a new idea to us, it it's very interesting. And it's very like, whoa, this is something different than Cinderella or from Sleeping Beauty or from anything else that was a remake or a sequel. So it's good to know that it has this little bit of sense of originality. So what did you think about the music in this film? The music, I would have to say that, oh, this is a good question, because there wasn't like, uh, like in Zootopia, there was like a well-known song that, well, not like you would know it by heart, but like in this film, this music was matching the scene. Like it was like an action scene, it would pretty much ma- match. Uh, it would pretty much match the, what was happening. So the music was like pretty much matching the scene. Yeah, and I I always have this test with with films, and it's like if I can't remember hearing the music, 
after I see the movie, then it must be really good because I think it should fit in and it should be like, whoa, I didn't even notice it was happening. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we are talking about the BFG and and Legend of Tarzan. So right now, let's continue speaking with Ryan about BFG, and we were just talking about the different, uh, you know, originality and the storyline and the visuals and the music and how it really didn't stand out, but that's a, I guess, to me, that's a good thing that it, it didn't stand out too much because it wasn't, it wasn't over, it wasn't overshadowing things like that. So, what did you think about the voiceovers? Because Sophie is an actual human being that was played by Ruby Barnhill, so she she was actually there. But the Big Friendly Giant was a voice of Mark Rylance, and the other giants were voices. So, how did you think the voice, like the voiceovers, compared to the actual voices? Do you think that it it meshed together correctly, or do you think it was like, wait, that was too much? I felt like the voiceover was pretty great because the voices actually matched how the giants, I guess, looked. Because, for example, the VFG had a nice voice and was like friendly, and he sounded very wise. But like the mean, the other giants who were very mean sound like, ah, like I'm mean and something like that. Like those type of like rude and like mean voices. So I feel like the voices kind of match their personalities and, I guess, their face. Interesting. And I, the one thing I did notice about this film, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but the one thing I did notice was that it was like there was Sophie, and then there was the BFG, who was, I, I believe, 24 feet, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He was 24 feet. And then there were giants to him. So it, it was it was very weird because it was like she was a normal kid and then the BFG was a giant and then the bad giants I guess you could say were giants to him. They were even bigger than him, double triple the size of him. So do you think that worked out in the sense of did you were, were you confused or or were you say, like did you understand? I understand the idea is kind of like inse- not like inception, you know, is it kind of like inception like this and this and this, like, repeating itself in a way. But I think of it as, like, saying that, like, kind of showing that, like, uh, people come in different sizes in a way shows that. And also, it's kind of like real life how, like, some people are taller than others and shorter than others because if you see how the giants are, like, the size difference kind of relates to everyday life, like, how a short person is, like, the size difference between, like, an extremely tall person? I actually didn't think about that. I just thought it was, like, they were going to, since they were the the mean people and the big giants that wanted to hit and kill everything, that they were they were bigger, so they put them bigger. But that's actually a great view that, Everyone's different. Even giants have their have their differences, and they're not all as big as one another. So, um, seeing as this film is Steven Spielberg and a number of other great people that work on this film, it is a bit dark. It, uh, you know, for for the, he they reference about killing, they reference about death. Do you think that there is anything that grown ups should look out for for their children? Uh, they should look out for, I guess. When there's, like, very dangerous scenes and they think, like, oh, their child is, like, the person who gets scared easily that they shouldn't let their child, like, see that scene or not see the movie at all because it's kind of like an your child movie because if it's, like, a horror film, you know, like, your ki- you shouldn't let your kid see that. But if it's, like, a kid's film, it's kind of different because 
you don't know how they would react. Yeah, every you know, like like you said, every child is different. And with horror films, you obviously like okay, well, you obviously can't see that. But with child films, it it ranges. It could be for two year olds, but it also could be for thirteen year olds. So you have to kind of pay attention. And really quick, how many stars do you give this film? Four point five out of five stars. Oh, that see, me too, me too, bro. I give it a four because I really really liked it. A few things that I didn't especially like. But that's my rating. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for talking with us today all about the BFG. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. It's in theaters now, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Quackers from Shout Factory. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Ryan about the BFG, and now we are talking about The Legend of Tarzan with 17-year-old Harmony from San Jose. We're revisiting Harmony real quick. So I have not yet seen this film, um, 
because uh, because I haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> Harmony, what did you? What were your initial thoughts about this film? I I'm I'm in love with the original Tarzan, so I thought, oh, so. <laughs> yeah, this if this is related to the original Tarzan, it must be good, you know, because it's already a story. I mean, they can't yeah. really mess up, right? But um, I was kind of disappointed, to be honest, because it's just so different and not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> it had such a nice template, and they didn't follow the template in any of the good ways they could have. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm skeptical about seeing this film because Tarzan. I mean, not because Tarzan, because Tarzan is amazing, but because Tarzan is amazing, I was like... Uh, I'm not really wanting to see it because there have been a few different types and a few different films of Tarzan and it's like what more can you do to make it better so I think it was either stay the same get a little bit better or fall behind and it sounds like it it fell behind a bit with you Mm -hmm. and can you tell me aside from the template they that aside from the template that they should have stuck to what other things that made it not so good or not as good as you thought it would be well i mean they didn't even have to follow the template i'm just saying they yeah they uh fell short um on i don't know they were pretty disappointing considering that they also had a template that makes it even more disappointing you know like for a movie being bad or not as good as you'd hope it'd be like that that's one thing but like if you have a template kind of of the plot that you're trying to follow for your movie it's even more disappointing yeah because, because you have yeah go ahead yeah um i was just gonna say because you have an idea of the plot and stuff you're not making this up from scratch so yeah i i i oh my gosh i definitely understand what you're saying because since you have a layout and since you have because you don't have to create the story and and mm-hmm. you kind of know what what they should be not acting like but what emotions that they should be bringing and what what you need to do and here and there and you don't really need to worry about that so even though like they kind of came with this gift of hey you don't have to work work about any of this and you can just go off from here and so the fact that to you it's a little bit disappointing I I definitely understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. so do you do you think I mean how about the visuals because this is half of it is animation I believe so so what about that I mean I thought the visuals were pretty impressive the animals and all the animation were really good. The details and stuff. I really liked it. I thought they did a really good job on the visuals. It was just a matter of the plot. Yeah. And yeah. Consistency that kind of threw me off. What do you mean consistency? Like consistency between the last the last type of Tarzan movie that you watched or something else? Yeah, that too. I mean, in the first one, Jane is British and here she wasn't British. He was British actually. Oh. And I don't know. I don't know how that's possible, considering he was raised by gorillas. Wait. I mean, how do you... Wait. <laughs> He's like, really British. <laughs> Wait, that makes no sense. <laughs> See, now I'm trying to come up with... Because, yeah, Jane is always British, and she has her father that's British, and, and everyone's British except for Tarzan, and they're like, why yep. aren't you British, and we need to take you back to Britain. Okay, yeah, now I have to watch it, because now I'm like, what? <laughs> Please explain to me how that works. But, yeah. And, um, and, and that's another thing about this film that... Uh, not about this film, but about films that are coming out nowadays, because they are... It, it, 
their plots may not be spot on or their music may not be spot on or nothing may be spot on except for the visuals. The visuals are repeatedly, repeated, repeatedly, repeatedly being flawless and, and, and beautiful and majestic and, and so alluring. And, and I think that's one thing that we can count on with films that are coming out today that have animation and that have um, some type or sort of animation that it will always come through and it will always just blow your mind away. So I guess that's one thing that's about this film that's really surprising and very and very helpful, I guess, in watching them film. Mm-hmm. So what age range do you give this film? Because I see the trailer and I think danger and I think I think suspensefulness and intensity. Yes. Yeah, definitely over 13. I mean, I would even recommend higher than that because I'm 17 and I was pretty lost at times. It wasn't it was kind of hard to follow. There was a bunch of things going on that I felt weren't connected well enough for teens and young adults to fully appreciate. So I feel like over 30 would be optimal. Yeah, yeah, I understand. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we are talking about The Legend of Tarzan with Harmony. And we were just talking about the age range, which is, which in Harmony's case, she thinks that it would be over 13 because of of the confusion that you felt and and when you say confusion do you mean just because of the storyline or do you think the actual acts of violence or the acts of aggression or the acts of of um scariness were just all over the place yeah there could be violence and stuff that may be too much for people under 13 because it is uh pg-13 but also the confusion i feel like it's it would be most enjoyed, I'd say, by people over 30, and that's because there's just a lot of history behind it, too. There's times, like, the time period is way far back where it might be a little confusing for people that aren't fully educated on history. I don't yeah. know. It was just no, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand what you're saying, because sometimes, even though a movie comes out in 2016 doesn't mean that it's for the people who are most educated about the years 2016, 15, 17 because because sometimes sometimes movies are are period pieces and it's like period piece and you know it's a period piece but I think when people go into this film they're like oh this is Tarzan and then they watch it and they're like wait this is more of like a Tarzan mixture of period piece type of thing so right. and I and I think that's something that people should know that it isn't just Tarzan. It's, it's sounding from hearing that from you, it sounds like it's much more, hey, you should know a little bit about what's going on in this time period. Right. So how many stars do you give this film? I give this film a two stars. I feel really harsh saying that. I've never given a review for two stars before, but I really do give it a two stars. I think it had really good visuals and did really amazing with the set design costume design, the visual aspect of the film, but the plot, the attempts at humor, I guess, the it was not connected. It didn't flow well. It was hard to follow, and I wouldn't want to watch it again, and I wouldn't recommend it for people to watch, like go out of their way and see in theaters, so I think that's a really big part in the review that I have to give. Yeah, and, and seeing as though everything else is really, really good, except the plot, that's kind of the main thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, yeah, everything else could be great, but if the plot is lacking, then there's there's really no 
awestruck moment about the film and and it's like it could be really really good like the plot could be amazing and then the music be off but you wouldn't really care as much because the plot is great and you're just like oh my gosh this is this is amazing and this is fabulous right fantastic so i i I definitely understand what you're saying because and, and and i think that sheds light on not every film is going to be a hit and and hearing from past interviews in this show in this radio show this segment and past segments i'm like oh yeah i'm glad that you liked it i'm glad that you liked it but seeing as though you you didn't particularly like this film or favor this film it's good to know that not every film that's coming out right now is bombastic fantastic so thank you mm-hmm. do you believe not believe but do you think that they're they're going to try another jab at, at, at tarzan again as in a sequel or as in something just off the grid that they were like oh let's just spread into this do you think that they're going to do that and if so do you think it will be in the same range as this movie well every classic movie has a bunch of adaptations and stuff and it can go either way depending on once again how they try to execute it if they're going to follow the template or not and i'm sure i wouldn't be surprised if there was another adaptation of Tarzan that was not by these creators and it could honestly go either way I don't think it would be be as good or better as the original but it could be better than this maybe more consistency maybe more clarification I'm not sure but I wouldn't be surprised if there's more True, true. And uh, earlier you were talking about the costumes and the wardrobe, which is something, since this is sounding like a period piece, how do you think that fit in? And do you think it was realistic to the time that they were trying to strive for? Yeah, it was more of a the visuals, I'm saying. Like, what you see on screen was good. It, they didn't mess up that badly with how they made people appear. Like, it could fit in with that time. Some of the costumes were kind of weird, like it didn't look realistic at all. It kind of irked me. One of them was like, it was supposed to be a dead cheetah head costume or whatever, and mm-hmm. didn't look anything like it. But I noticed that, and I thought of that right when I saw it. But yeah, the rest was pretty good. Good to know. And it's very, it's a hit or miss with movies, and especially remakes, because it's like, we're never going to get to how it was before because we're just not. And and to know that not every movie is going to be fabulous, but it sounds like it has a lot of good, good, um, good surrounding things, good helpers, good supporters that would make it, it would make it a decent movie to at least watch on DVD or when it comes out on DVD. So Harmony, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about The Legend of Tarzan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's in theaters now, guys, so check it out. Thanks so much for joining with us today. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Please be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Please be sure to check our blog on the teen section of Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Quackers from Shout Factory. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.